Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz with you on the Believe Network. And uh, da, 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 da. it's here. It's arrived. The uh, NBA postseason is upon us, and we have the play-in games coming up. I want to get uh, a little bit of a feel for what's going to go on as uh, you try to figure out who is going to evolve as the Eventual NBA champion, wide open in the Eastern Conference. Many people kind of looking to Phoenix out west. And uh, obviously, they're going to be a lot to contend with here, playing very confident basketball, best basketball of anybody in the league record-wise during the season. Joining us right now, our our favorite basketball analyst. I mean, uh, you know, you could be a fan of Hubie Brown or any of the other guys that that are speaking about the uh, National Basketball Association, Jeff Van Gundy, very glib on those broadcasts. But uh, we love this guy, an original member of the Miami Heat, and, of course, 15 years uh, in the NBA, now a member of the Detroit Pistons broadcast team. The great Grant Long joins us here on the show. Grant, how are you, my friend? Good to have you on the show. Top of the morning, and what a what an introduction. Anytime you're mentioning the same sentence as Hubie Brown, you know you've arrived. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate the, the accolades, guys. That's always great. I mean, I, I don't know. Nobody could use more statistics in, in a, a single, not even a sentence, like just a phrase, than Hubie Brown. They're shooting 35.8% from three-point land. And if they go inside, then they have a 72% shooter in Rudy Gobert. So the percentages are to lob the ball. I mean, no, he, he's great. I, I love the way he dissects uh, basketball. It's absolutely fantastic. But we love you uh, even more so because, uh, you know, you, you were there 15 years uh, as an NBA player. Uh, all right. Uh, you know, you always think, wow, the whole goal is to make the postseason and then uh, go on and win a championship. Uh how true is that? I mean, uh, you know, how much of a distinction is it for the players uh, to either make or, or not make the postseason? Because, uh, you know, sometimes you get the feeling that your team uh, would just as soon be playing golf. So how meaningful is it, first of all, as an NBA player to qualify for the postseason at any level, whether you're the number one seed or you're involved in one of these playing games? It, it's extremely important, guys, because even if you get into the play-in situation, and even though, go back to Hubie Brown, the statistics may not support it, but if you're a player, it doesn't matter what seeding you get. You always still feel like you have a chance to, and it may be a long road, but you still have a chance to win the coveted championship. But you got to get it. It's like I always say, if you're not in the race, you can't win the race. So it doesn't matter what position you start in you still have an opportunity, and that is the goal ultimately at the very beginning of every season. Now, every team feels like in October, first game of the season or opening day at training camp and all of those things, everybody feels like they have a great team, that they have an outstanding shot at perhaps winning the championship. Now, by midway through that season or sometimes even before that, it starts to sort itself out in the bad team, recognize that they're bad and probably not going to make the playoffs. 
And then you have a collection of teams that feel like, okay, we're playing well. We've got a shot at this thing. But by the, by the all-star break, the good teams know they're good and the bad teams know that they're bad. All right, normally, uh, you know, somebody uh, that, that was doing sports talk, uh, and, and, you know, I, I guess maybe senility is a while off for me, total senility, uh, Grant, because uh, I'm sort of changing uh, my thought pattern on this. Uh, I, I, I usually would give, like, a long dissertation about how it's wrong to bastardize the playoffs and too many teams are in, and I, I sort of flipped on that when uh, Major League Baseball added in extra teams into the postseason. I, I thought it made the regular season more meaningful in a lot of cities. And it also established more credibility and uh, meaning to uh, games, even uh, up to game number 162 in baseball. And we saw some of that in basketball. While there were some teams that were able to pack it in yesterday, there were still some meaningful things, uh, you know, in, in terms of positioning for the postseason. Uh, that would be established on the final day. So uh, what, what is your feeling about having these play-in games and now having uh, 10 different teams qualify essentially for the playoffs? Because, uh, you know, you have these teams that are in the play-in that have a shot, A, to get in, and B, to be eliminated, even though they would have normally qualified. Well, you know, it's like when when baseball went to the format of the at the, and their all-star game where the winning team or the winning side I think they get they, they got something in the in, in the postseason. The winning side did. Yeah. I thought that added some value, put some meaning to the All Star game. And I think the same thing can be said now with this play-in scenario. It gives a lot of games toward the end of the season a lot of value. Whereas the last maybe six or seven, maybe even ten games, you're watching some of these 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 teams and they're not playing their their All Star caliber players because the game has no meaning and this and that and the other. The other night. Joel Embiid, although he was going for the scoring title, he had 40 points in uh, in the second to the last game. So that was good to see. He, normally, he probably wouldn't even play in that game, but he had 40 points and like 16 rebounds. Uh, who does that? Giannis Antetokounmpo was in Detroit three nights ago. He played 38 minutes and had 34 points. So you know that's that's with three games to go in the season. They're, they're probably locked into the number three or four spot. He didn't have to play in that game, but because it was so close, they were still jockeying. There was some value to that game, and people that came out to see the Milwaukee Bucks got a chance to actually see Giannis play. The people that came out to see the Philadelphia 76ers a couple of nights got treated to, to watching MB score 40 points. So I love the play-in. I love the, the fact that there's value in these games at the end of the season, something that was sorely missing uh, you know, just a few years ago. Grant Long, our guest here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest, and Mike Luby Lubitz here on the Believe Network. Uh, all right. Uh, it seemed like everybody was trying to dodge Brooklyn as uh, the East was playing out. The Miami Heat clinched the number one spot. Uh, your your uh, original team, uh, the Miami Heat, uh, end up uh, in the number one seed, and, and yet Luby was scared to death, Grant. I mean, uh, literally, he, he was gargling uh, with cyanide, thinking about the possibility of facing the Nets, who have, you know, a dynamic situation there. If Kyrie's playing, as he is now in the home games, and uh, obviously Kevin Durant has been dynamite uh, coming down the stretch of the season. But uh, are they as dangerous uh, and as much of a threat to the top couple of seeds in the East, the, the Brooklyn Nets, as everybody in the media seems to want to paint them out to be, in your opinion, Grant Long, the Brooklyn Nets? Well, let me go out and, and, and double down on what I said at the very beginning of the season. And I was asked who would be oh, in yeah. the finals of the end. And I said, I don't know who's going to be there, 
happen. I can tell you two teams that won't. He did. The Lakers oh, wow. and the Brooklyn Nets. He did. Remember, he said it every time. Him. Granite said this he every did. time we yes. talked to him. Yes. He's been constant this whole year. And, and the Lakers have already fulfilled that yeah. prophecy. Now we're waiting for the Brooklyn Nets. But here, here's the thing. The Brooklyn Nets are a very good team, but they play no defense. Yep. They've got a, they've got no guys that, that commit themselves on the defensive side of the ball. I will say with the offensive talent that they have, that they're going to be a very tough out in a four in a seven game series. Now they'll, they'll be beat, but they're going to be a tough out in a seven game series because of their offensive prowess. And there's been there's been a rumor that they might get Ben Simmons back, and he's a he's a pretty good defensive player and a very good offensive player as well. So that's going to help them, but I also might disrupt what they're doing as well. So we have, we'll just have to wait and see about that. But I, I do think there'll be a tough out for anybody in a seven game series. But I still don't see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. After hours, Stephen Luby here on the Believe Network, talking with longtime NBA player, former Oklahoma City Thunder analyst, now Detroit Pistons analyst, the one and only Grant Long. All right, so we did this last year. I don't. Devo still might be doing this with them, but I'm not doing it with them anymore. The Suns, we did it last year. They were young. The year before, they had stolen the show at the bubble, but just missed the playoffs. Last year, get Chris Paul. Booker takes an even bigger step. They get to the finals, have a 2-0 lead, and just squander it to the eventual champion Bucks. They've been number one pretty much the entire year. They're dominant. I don't question them anymore. The team I question now out west is the Memphis Grizzlies. They feel like this year's Suns. They, without one of the top 15 players in the league, maybe the biggest showstopper in the league in uh, John Morant, they are better when I, of course, they're not. They're better with Morant, but their record is astounding without their best player, which I don't think any other team can say in this league. They've been good the entire year. They finished with the number two seed in the league, the Memphis Grizzlies, yet their youth scares the crap out of me to really put them as a contender. You've seen them. You've been around this league where youth isn't served. What are your thoughts on the Grizzlies being a legit contender out West? You know what? You're, you're right, Louie, because you know, they're, they're, the way that they're playing, like they're an experienced team, belies the fact that they're a very young yeah. ball club. But they are playing like, well, you know what, they've been there before. Yep. And remember the Atlanta Hawks last year. Yep. They were they were playing out of their mind, a very young team, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then they just completely fell off this year. So you do have those teams that hit a stride and, and play well, and they've been able to do it without John Morant for, for, for parts of the season. So they are a complete team. They, they know how to play. Like I said, they're playing like a very experienced team. I don't think it's the fluke. And I think when you add John Morant to that mix, he really makes them go. He, he makes this team very special. Without without him, he's, they're a good team. But with him, they're very special. Now, can they, you know, advance in the, in the Eastern Western Conference, rather? I don't think so. But they're going to be like the Brooklyn Nets, a very tough out for anybody. And then you think about uh, the, the, the new coach that they have there. Everything is just just rounding in the form for them in this one year. I think it's a com- tremendous year to build off of. But am, am I scared? If I'm, if I'm an opponent in the Western Conference, am I afraid of them? Probably not. Grant Long, our guest here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Uh, the other game that's going to be going tomorrow night, uh, and uh, Cleveland kind of faded, huh? Yeah. They were a great story earlier in the year. Yep. Uh, what, what happened there? Because uh, I, I would imagine most people are discounting their chances. Yep of beating Brooklyn uh, on the road, and, and then they would face the winner of the Clippers-Minnesota game. Uh, Minnesota, I, I don't know, are they a team that, uh, you know, might surprise somebody, at least uh, in the early rounds of the playoffs, if indeed they move on? 
you know what? Loopy mentioned, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies playing without their star player, John Morant. And that was a story all year for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Remember, Colin, Colin Sexton's been out all year, but they've been able to really play a good brand of basketball because Darius Garland, the one uh, first-time All-Star young player, really stepped up in Colin Sexton's absence. And they also resurrected Kevin Love. You know, he's been playing lights-out basketball yeah. coming off the bench. Uh, the, their their first-round pick, Evan Mobley, in contention for Rookie of the Year. And Jared Allen, that came over from the Brooklyn Nets, they really put together a good defensive team, but also on the offensive side, they've been able to play well. Nobody had the Cleveland Cavaliers even in the mix of conversation when it came to talking about upper echelon in the Eastern Conference. But somehow with a brand-new coach, J.B. Bickerstaff, they found a way to win and be relevant in the Eastern Conference. It's going to be tough sledding for them once the postseason starts and they can focus in on those guys, uh, and this will be their first opportunity. And then you think about if they have to play the Brooklyn Nets, all the motivation for Kyrie Irving to come back to Cleveland and play well. I'm sure that's all that that's at his feet at this point. So that's going to be a very difficult challenge for them if they're suited or paired against them. And then you mentioned the Minnesota Timberwolves out West. They've got a very good crew of young talent. Anthony Edwards is certainly the leader of that ball club. He's been playing excellent basketball, but this will be their first time uh, for him if, in the playoffs. And I think when it's, when it's your first time, it can be difficult. It can be daunting. It can be challenging. It can be all of those things, overwhelming, if you will. And I think that's what they'll be faced with with their young star and Anthony Edwards. But they'll be good. They'll be good television to watch. Grant, man. Okay, so all year long, because they started strong, even with bringing guys back and having injuries, and that was with Steph playing at an MVP level. Then he had some injuries at the end, and everything just sort of. Fell off the rails. They still finished with the top three seed out west, the Golden State Warriors. But all year long, I was like, yeah, they'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll figure it out. And Defoe made fun of me because he's like, dude, they're losing. <laughs> so it's like, okay, maybe they'll figure it out. Um, where are you with the Warriors at this point? Because I still see Draymond and Clay, And I feel like Curry will come out there. And these young guys that played pool is, was a gem. you know. And then their draft picks. They've had top ten picks. What do you do with the Warriors? Because the West to me seems wide open outside of the Suns. But everyone's sort of, you know, I'm like, eh, I don't know about the Warriors anymore. Yeah, I, I, I would never. It's like the Spurs. When the Spurs were in their heyday and they were, you know, doing everything, people counted the Spurs out. Well, they're getting too old. They're missing it. And every year they just seem to be right there in contention. Yeah. I think the Warriors are the same way. The only the only difference is if, if Steph is not on that team, if he's not healthy, boy, it really makes them a, a, just about an average team. But if he's, if he's on the team – they immediately go to the top as one of the upper echelon teams in the NBA. So he has to be healthy in order for them to strike fear in anybody. But I do like them their chances. I would never count them out, especially if Steph Curry is on the floor. And the way that they play, it's all geared around their three-point shots and their movement. So if Clay can get going, Draymond Green can get going, and, 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 their, and their young guys are playing excellent basketball. They've taken up a lot of that slack when Steph Curry is, is missing. So they can still shoot the three-point shot. That's their weapon. That's what they go in and how they impact winning. So if they, if they can continue to shoot the three-ball well, and that's the only team in the league that I, that I root for to shoot the three-ball. Everybody else, and, 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 I'll, and I'll say this, and I'm not saying it because I was a former player for this team. Miami shoots the three-ball very, very well. I root for teams like that who actually have shooters who can make three-point shots, I want to see them shoot it. But the rest of the league who just have guys casting shots away, <laughs> shooting 27% and saying that that's a good shooting percentage, I don't want to see those. 
this is not baseball, it's basketball. You know, you got to shoot a very high percentage. You know, in baseball, you can go one of six and you still have a great batting average. That's not the case for basketball. We do see a lot of chucking. I mean, yes. that was known as chucking in the day. <laughs> chucking, and, uh, yes. Wow. <laughs> The guy was shooting like 30% and hoisting 30-footers at the park. He was likely to get strangled and uh, never find his way into another ballgame again. Uh, the great Grant Long uh, with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Now, you know that I revel, Grant, from our uh, conversations, previous conversations, in every Phoenix win because uh, of Luby's position that uh, Justice Winslow was going to be a much better pick for the Miami Heat, uh, which turned out to be a disaster than uh, Devin Booker. And I love the evolution of Booker. Uh, Aiton seems to be a guy that plays uh, with a tremendous spirit. I mean, uh, you know, this guy's out there having a good time and, and very effective. And, of course, you have Chris Paul, who was out for a good portion of the second half of the season. Didn't affect him. And, uh, you know, still, uh, you know, is, uh, you know, back in action and, and you know, obviously going to be a factor in the postseason. Uh, are, are we missing something? Is there no competition for these guys? Golden State notwithstanding. Uh, do they emerge out of the West, in your opinion, uh, the Phoenix Suns, and, and uh, honor the uh, legacy of the Van Arsdales and, and make their way into the NBA Finals again? Luby, how do you miss that one? How do you we miss all Justin missed on it. What are you talking about? Riley missed on it. And Devin Booker. Can't Devin that. Booker, I, I, I saw the kid for five you. minutes. I thought, wow, this is the man. Riley right? missed on it. I mean, if Riley can miss on it. <laughs> Well, I guess. Well, you, you still might have a chance of being a general manager at some point. There there, if, if Lyles <laughs> missed it, you can miss it. But when you, when you talk about the Phoenix Suns guys, listen, they, they're, they're, the, they're the toast of the town yep. when it comes to the NBA. This is not a fluke because, they remember, they made it there last year. I think Monty Williams, I'm going to double down and say he should be the coach of the year because he's been able to do it consistently now. He's changed the culture there. Not that it was bad, but he cha he's changed the culture there. there. It's, a, it's a different ball club. And you have a superstar in Devin Booker, yet he is still playing a team at team team philosophy. Chris Paul makes them go, keeps everybody on an even keel. He's a, one of the best point guards to ever play the game. They have everything that they need. They got a big guy, Andre Ayton in the center. Andre Ayton in the center. So they're, they're playing the right brand of basketball. And I don't see anybody. And listen, they've got the best record in the league, and they've been able to maintain that pretty much all season long. So they've been playing in some type of rhythm all season long. I don't see that stopping at this point. There was a saying a while ago, you have to get there and lose before you can win it. They yeah. lost it last year. They're hungry. They're motivated. I think they get back there once again. I can't say if they're going to win it because if they come across the Milwaukee Bucks again, that's going to be a tough, tough out for them one more time because I think Milwaukee is still, even though, and I don't know how it happens, that Milwaukee is flying under anybody's radar. Mm when they've got the MVP, the defensive player of the year, they've won the championship, how they fly under anybody's radar, I don't know. But I'll tell you why. Because they don't have any, any crap going on on their team. Nobody's talking about firing the coach. This player is not disgruntled and all. They're just going on about their business and doing their work and they're winning. That's not sensationalized. So that's not sexy in the, in the headlines. So nobody's talking about them. That's why they're flying under the radar. Well, plus there's nothing to do in Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, Milwaukee. Uh, nobody wants to go there. <laughs> nobody wants to think about being in Milwaukee. Unless you're playing for the Packers, uh, you know, then that would be a night out in the town to, uh, you know, 
uh, skip out of Green Bay and uh, head over to Milwaukee for a big evening out. But uh, no, it's unfortunate too because I mean they obviously distinguished themselves uh, very well by coming back from a two-zero deficit and, and beating the Suns uh, last year. Uh, all right, uh, so I'm with you. I, I think Phoenix uh, was, was the class of, of the league this year, and uh, they sustained it. It wasn't like they, they had one run and, and you know uh, then established themselves in first place or whatever, but. I mean, all year long, I, I thought they just played at a very high level and, and maybe surprised a few people that they were able to perpetuate what they did last year because they were kind of the new blood in the postseason last year. And, uh, you know, as you said, you always have to knock on the door and, and then maybe you get over the uh, proverbial hump. But all right, the East is wide open. Uh, Luby believes that the Miami Heat will be in it uh, right to the uh, bitter end. I mean, uh, by all rights, uh, they were the best team. They, they won the Eastern Conference by a couple of games. Over all of these other contenders, Boston kind of really got rolling after a slow start to the season. So maybe they were playing the best basketball overall. Uh, everybody likes Philadelphia with the Harden trade. And, and Bede, uh, obviously, uh, very much in contention for the MVP. And, and you mentioned Milwaukee as, you know, being overlooked, even though they're the defending champion and have uh, a great trio of players to uh, build around and excellent role players. So, so who do you see coming out of the East, Grant Long? Uh, is uh, Miami in a position to uh, make it back to the finals again? This is the only time that I can say that Phoenix clear cut, they are number one in the Western conference, but I don't believe the Western conference is as competitive as the Eastern conference. And I'll say that this is the first time in a long time where I can say the, the number one seed in the Eastern conference is not necessarily the clear cut favorite because it's so, it's so competitive. Any of, any of those teams that are under the Miami heat, pretty much have an outstanding chance. We're talking about Philly, Milwaukee, uh, Boston. Boston is how they had the best record since the All-Star break, and they're, and they're playing on both sides of the ball with a brand-new first-year head coach in uh, Ime Udoka. So they're playing an outstanding brand. Miami has a, has a great chance because they're playing the style of NBA basketball that's conducive to winning. And what I mean by that is they're very good at the three-point line. They make a lot of shots from there but they don't rely solely on that. They get they get to the mid-range, they get to the front of the rim to shoot a high percentage in the paint, and you have to combine those two. You cannot solely be a team that relies on the three-point shot to win basketball games. If you do that, you're going to have nights where you can't make a basket and you're going to lose those games. That's why Miami has an outstanding chance of continuing winning because it's not solely the three-point shot that allows them to impact winning. They, they, they incorporate all parts of the game, all facets of it, mid-range, dunk, three-point shots, transition. Both have done a great job of incorporating all of those things to impact winning, and I think that's why they have a very good chance of coming out of the East. All right, final thing, and we always love having you on uh, any program that we're doing, any platform. Grant Long, uh, of course, with the Detroit Pistons broadcast team, 15 years in the NBA, and uh, obviously you know a great deal about Pat Riley. Are, are you inclined to watch the HBO series Winning Time, depicting the rise of the Showtime Lakers? Have you seen any of that, Grant Long? You know, I have not seen any of it, but I've listened to everybody else, and I, I caught a glimpse of, the the, the 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 characters and that and John C. Yeah. Riley is uh, Doctor Buck uh, and I, everybody's telling me he's playing the role. I mean, as best as anybody could play it. And when I, I I've just seen the pictures of him and the guy who was playing Pat Riley, and I mean, my first thing was just to bust out laughing. I said, that, that, that yes. Pat Riley, that that's not the guy that I yeah. remember as Pat Riley. Yes, it's not be further off. Yeah. 
but, I mean, uh, they, hey, they made him out to be some loser schlep from the uh, hippie yeah. uh, dippy <laughs> era. I mean, uh, you would have thought this guy was a complete waste of time. This is the great Pat Riley. <laughs> they had him looking like a schmuck. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's like, who, who is this uh, schnook that's out there? I mean, how's he even get to be in the company of Jerry Buss? What are you talking about? And, and you know, they, they painted him out to be like, you know, just, just a complete uh, loser and waste of time. And, and then uh, on top of that, they, they made Jerry West out to be just uh, an Scumbag. obnoxious asshole, which <laughs> I don't know. He might have been a tough guy, yeah, Mr. Clutch, but uh, can you imagine that he was this much of a fool? I heard that they have really been bad. Uh, the, the, the display or the look for Jerry West has been really bad. It's, it's, it's the furthest thing from the truth. Only Jerry West knows that, so I, I, I don't know. But everybody that I've talked to says it's been it's been a fun watch. And if, if I'm going to watch it, make sure I'm not around any kids because I hear it's pretty graphic as well. Yes. That's it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there, but uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to get your opinion. I, I was hoping you'd seen it, but I'm glad you saw the portrayal of Pat Riley as a disheveled, uh, you know, person that, that you might find, you know, uh, looking for a meal somewhere. And you thought, uh, no, this guy set the pace, uh, fashion in L.A. immediately upon taking the reins there as the coach of the Lakers. Uh, he couldn't have been that far away from that, like just a year prior. But when this, uh, you know, uh, this uh, stuff is taking place in the episodes that are airing now. Grant, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, it's going to be very exciting. Uh, I'm actually uh, looking forward to these play-in games. Uh, Luby's very nervous about what's going to happen with his Miami Heat. <laughs> and I would imagine you still have a very, very fond place in your heart uh, for Heat basketball and uh, all the things, uh, you know, that they've been able to accomplish this year. And they look to be real tough. Although, I guess the one thing, just, uh, you know, a quick thought, when the rotation you know, is deflated and uh, they start going with seven, eight guys, maybe, uh, you know, that that's kind of contrary to what's led to the success of the team. So, you know, is, is that necessarily something that, that Spolster is going to have to rely on is just shortening the rotation as often as the case in the playoffs where, where you don't see guys that were major contributors during the course of the regular season. Well, I, I think he will shorten the roster. And I, you know, I've never understood why you do that. It seems to me if you can, you know, play with as many guys as you can, you give yourself the best chance of winning. But I also understand the other side of that. The, you know, if you pay, play seven or eight guys, you allow them to establish some type of rhythm in the series. And, you know, let them play that series. If you advance to the next one, maybe you pull another guy, that eighth or ninth guy, and replace the, the other guys. And you still you just have to work it that way. I, I understand the, developing a rhythm with the seven or eight guys. So uh, I would just maybe approach it differently. I would play as many guys as I could that that would help me win. But, you know, it's been that way for a long time, and maybe somebody else will come along and change it. Question for you guys before I let you go. I know it's getting a front, getting ahead of everybody, but are you guys going to the Derby this year? Nah, that's a good. That's a great question. Uh, we, we had we some thoughts to. of it, but uh, we, we will not to. be there, uh, I don't think. It's looking very bleak right now. We want to. Uh, <laughs> the idea. but but uh, And we don't have a horse yet either, uh, if uh, that was going to be your question. But uh, we will by the time it rolls around. Okay. Okay, good deal. Yeah, we'll have a recommendation for you. And uh, you can immediately, as they said in the movie Let It Ride, right the great Richard Dreyfus, put a line through it as soon as we suggest the horse to you. <laughs> <laughs> that horse will be nowhere, I can assure you. You will need a search warrant to find him at the wire. Uh, all right, Grant, uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much. Uh, it's going to be very exciting. So we hope to talk to you uh, throughout the uh, playoffs uh, as they take place and uh, evolve. And 
I think it's going to be a very exciting conclusion to uh, what has been, uh, in many ways, a very brilliant NBA season. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. Anytime, guys. I look forward to it. All right, Grant, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks a lot. Grant Long, ladies and gentlemen. I know we were, uh, you know, going long there uh, for the podcast, but uh, I, I was thinking, how much do you hate a guy by the time you get to game seven? <laughs> and, and some guy's been dogging you the entire time with a lot of trash talking going back and forth. I mean, uh, by the time you get to game seven of a series and you've seen this guy for six consecutive ball games, and you're coming out there and you think, I just want to punch this guy in the groin. <laughs> Headbutt him. Anything. We'll have to have him on next much less, week. Uh, yeah, we'll have to uh, get back into it. Uh, all right, uh, we have to run. A lot of fun being with you. We'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, Google the Defo Show. That's D-E-F-O. Yes, sir. And you can catch our uh, two-hour shindig that we do every morning. A lot of fun this morning talking about the Masters and many other things. And you can catch that uh, in the archives of shows, uh, the archive of shows uh, by just Googling the Defo Show. And uh, it airs on Ion Channel. That's E-Y-E on channel from 7 to 9 uh, Eastern Time every morning. That's a live edition and also features a video stream so you can see why Luby and I are better off on a radio. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I think it's very appealing, the uh, video stream aspect of the show. Yeah, a lot of fun. All right, uh, thanks, Luby. Always a pleasure. Thank thanks you, to Grant Long for joining us. Uh, people, you know what the story is here on Believe Network because uh, if you're out there and you think you have any kind of a chance, why uh, compromise your chances by being negative? Just go around and thinking to yourself at all times, you gotta believe. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.